Hello, it's Friday the 31st of March and welcome to the Better Business Show Friday 5 with me, Tom Idle, and joining me as ever, she's back after a week off, it's Vicky Knowles. Hey Vix. Hello, how are you doing? I'm alright, yeah, a bit tired this week really, doing some long hours, yeah, I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah. Um, but no, all good, what have you been up to, good week? Uh, yeah, g- good week, um, busy writing some articles, doing little projects and stuff, It's been it's been good, it's been good, lots coming up as well. Uh, keeping me busy absolutely yeah there is lots going on so we're here we're going to give you a rundown of the very best stories in sustainable business from the last seven days so this week we're covering off toyota which is dabbling in plant-based materials for use in its interiors we're looking at the waste firm using nappies to fuel power plants we look at the new energy regulation, which is more important than you might think. We look at Marks and Spencers and its in-store mental health drop-ins. And AB, InBev and BAFTA are going big on clean energy. Uh, so yeah, let's do it, Vix. Number five, uh, Toyota. Um, the car maker is using plant-based plastics developed by a company called Denso uh, in its car navigation systems, according to the automotive supplier. Denso uh, has these new plant-based plastics, including uh, bio-polycarbonate made from starch and urethane resin extracted from castor oil. So Denso's starch-derived bio-PC, which the company says provides high hardness, yet can be shaped into complex designs. And I guess that's the, that's the key here. Uh, and it's being used to make plastic bezels for Toyota's navigation systems. Denso says its goal is, is developing a plant-derived plastic to really reduce the environmental impact uh, of cars. The biomaterials also perform better, according to the company. So starch-derived bio-PCs have higher surface hardness, apparently, better optical characteristics and superior hydrolytic stability than conventional petroleum-derived PCs. They also refract less light uh, and exhibit better colour-forming properties. So if you're a car manufacturer, these, this material is, is really, really useful. Um, so it's an interesting story, and I, no doubt other car manufacturers will, will definitely follow suit. And this quest to find alternative materials is very much the subject of Monday's Better Business Show. So stay tuned for that when it hits you on Monday. So that was at number five, Vix. What's at four? Mm. Uh, Okay, so from cars to nappies, I guess. Um, Hygiene products such as tampons or nappies are part of our everyday lives. But disposing of them is tricky, with the main destination being landfill, as apparently their dampness makes incineration expensive. Um, But now products like these are set to fuel power stations by converting them into dry, burnable bales. So this is an article on ED.net. Major waste company, the PHS Group, who's developed the new patented process, tackles 45,000 tonnes of sanitary nappy incontinence waste a year, so it's it could be a big deal. Um, the waste, so how it works, the waste is first screened for unwanted items before shredding and squeezing the material and disposing the waste liquid as sewage. The remaining dry material is packed into bales, which can be burned in power stations. Um, so the process is being analysed by experts at the University of Birmingham to determine how environmentally friendly the new process actually is in practice um, compared to landfill or wet incineration. But it's definitely an interesting innovation. It is. And do you know what? It reminds me that it was one of the first stories I ever wrote 
um, on the on the environment um, back in mm-hmm. sort of uh, the early two thousands was all about nappies and what the hell you do with them and you know lots of lots of companies have been trying to find uh, ways of dealing with nappy waste so uh, well it sounds like there's a bit of a breakthrough uh, that's good so all the all the links to all these stories will be accompanied with uh, this week's podcast so you can click on that and read some more if you if you you know so wish so that's number four number three this week uh, there's a new energy regulation in town for big UK business and it's called P272 a piece of law that some people are saying could prove vital for business energy efficiency. Large businesses are being urged to seize the opportunity of gaining a more detailed and accurate breakdown of their energy consumption uh, as an important new regulation comes into effect uh, tomorrow, in fact, so Saturday, 1st of April. Uh, how the hell is it the 1st of April already? Um, but the, 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 the P272 guidelines set up by Ofgem will require energy suppliers to automatically use more detailed energy uses usage data known as half hourly consumption data to calculate customers bills Uh, and this was originally scheduled for release back in april last year uh, but the implementation date of the regulation was delayed for companies to gradually phase in any sort of changes that they uh, that they needed to make but yeah let me explain a bit more so every business using an electricity meter is assigned an electricity profile class from one through to eight and this class is based on the organization's electricity consumption pattern and low profile so businesses with profiles five six seven and eight are referred to as maximum demand customers and if your business falls into this category then your meter will have the ability to measure peak demand for a given period and therefore you will be affected by this new piece of legislation and it's said to be affecting 160,000 of these so-called maximum demand customers that use these advanced automatic meter reading systems Uh, and these businesses need to have an appointed meter operator and data collector to maintain and run the meters. The half hourly data received by the suppliers will then enable customers to more accurately identify and embed energy efficiency measures with the potential for obviously the cost savings that go with it. So you know, essentially if you know when and where you're using energy you can do something about it and now now, this legislation means that the energy suppliers will have to help you. So, you know, it might be a bit dry and a bit dull, but, you know, if you, it's your job to kind of reduce energy within your business, then have a look at this new piece of legislation, P272, Vix. Uh, <laughs> could be more important than you think. I'll be sure to look that up. Um, <laughs> um, now, I love this one. Um, so are you one of the four in four people that suffers from the insane stresses of modern life? Or indeed, one yep. of the one in four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of the one in four Britons who will suffer from a mental illness at some point. Um, so now fortnightly mental health drop-ins at M&S cafes run by the non-profit Frazzled Cafe, provide a space to talk openly. Um, so if you haven't heard of it, the Frazzled Cafe is the brainchild of Ruby Wax, who wrote a book, uh, A Mindfulness Guide for the Frazzled. Um, and she's now a leading mental health campaigner and obviously comedian, probably what she's best known for. But um, So Marks and Spencer actually joined forces with her to launch this Frazzled Cafe in the M&S stores. So M&S cafes will host these bi-weekly talk-in sessions where people who are feeling frazzled can meet to talk and share their personal stories in a safe, anonymous and non-judgmental environment. So there was a, a trial in M&S offices and stores last year and uh, so 11 stores will be hosting the Frazzle Cafe meetings over the next few months and then more locations are set to be added throughout the year. 
Um, so the sessions are, le are led by trained volunteer facilitators uh, and will take place in the M&S cafes after hours. And while they're not actually therapy, their purpose is to provide a space where people can talk openly with others who understand how they are feeling and a place where it's okay to not be okay. Um, considering that the economic costs of mental health problems in the UK is roughly 105 billion a year, which is equal to the entire national health budget, um, and the UK is rated the seventh highest nation in the Western world for prescribing antidepressants. That's wow, four million wow. every year. Um, there's obviously a need for finding ways to help people cope with the overwhelming stress and also reducing the stigma that's attached to discussing mental health. And studies have proven that one of the best ways to beat stress is actually to share your feelings. Yeah, I, like it. I love this story. I mean, I hopefully it will go beyond a kind of a pilot, but it's a, it's a brave and bold move by Marks and Spencers to do it. I love Ruby Wax as well. I think she's brilliant. Um, yeah. So we'll have a good look at that. Um, so to end at number one this week, uh, two great examples of companies using clean energy. Um, some more sort of positive news to end with. AB InBev, the world's largest beer maker, has this week agreed to buy 100% of its electricity from renewable sources in markets like Argentina, Brazil, India and across Africa. Uh, the commitment with a 2025 time frame uh, will shift six terrible hours of electricity into uh, the renewable sector. AB InBev, which obviously owns brands like Stella and Budweiser, uh, expects to source between 75% and 85% uh, of its renewable electricity through power purchasing agreements. Uh, and then the remaining 15 to 25% comes from sort of on-site technologies like solar. Uh, the commitment will see the beer maker become the largest corporate purchaser of clean energy in the consumer goods sector. So huge story, reducing that operational carbon footprint by around 30%. So, you know, huge, huge savings for this company. Um, it's also signed up to the RE100 initiative, uh, signifying this sort of commitment to 100% renewables, which I know a lot of companies are, are doing. Um, and then also this week, we had an announcement from BAFTA, which is the, the British kind of uh, organisation that represents film and TV here in the UK. Uh, and BAFTA has teamed up with Good Energy to increase the demand and affordability of green energy in the UK. And, uh, and Good Energy will provide renewable electricity to all three of BAFTA's main London offices. So all right, not quite on the same scale as the, as the AB InBev uh, story, but... This is, of course, a part of a wider effort by the film and TV industry to really sort out its carbon footprint. Uh, around 13 tonnes of carbon emissions are linked to the production of one hour's worth of TV or film. Uh, and almost 60% of these emissions arise from electricity use. So starting next week, all BBC TV programmes will be required to track their carbon footprint. And all programmes commissioned by the BBC uh, will have to use what is known as the Albert Carbon Calculator to track their emissions and uncover uh, different ways of reducing that environmental impact. So most BBC, BBC shows are already using this calculator actually to track their emissions. More than 2,000 users across 300 companies that are all kind of commissioned by the BBC are currently signed up to use this uh, Albert system. And if you look very close, uh, closely at the, the credits on your favourite shows, you might see the Albert logo starting to be used more and more uh, so that I guess the consumers and us as the audience can get more familiar with what it is. Uh, so if that is the sort of thing that floats your boat, and let's face it, we all know it probably is, uh, then have a look out for it at the end of your favourite shows, perhaps this weekend. Um, but that's it, Vix. That's it for another week. Um, what are you up to? Anything special? This weekend, um, I'm hanging with my boyfriend's family this weekend. 
Okay, where's that? Where are you going? Uh, it's in Somerset, so not far. Oh, not far uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, we're going to be in Wales for, for a little while. Um, well, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. What, what are you going to catch some rays? Or? Uh, yeah, hopefully, if the sun's still shining. Yeah, I'm not too sure what we're doing this weekend. A bit of football, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not too much, but uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun, whatever. So that's it for another week. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Monday for another one of our main shows. We're going to be talking to a company that's making wallets from banana trees. So uh, have a listen to that on Monday. Uh, but until then, whatever you're doing this weekend, have a good one, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>